Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of our special fan guest feature right here on the Cathedral of Sport podcast, hosted by me, Ash. And he is back, folks. I'm delighted to be joined again by my co-host, the right reverend himself, Bobby Love. Right, guys, it's the fan guest you all want to hear. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome onto the show Musselburgh Athletic fan, committee member and head of Musselburgh's 1934 Supporters Club, Johnny Brown. Johnny, how are you, mate? Thank you so much for agreeing to come on. Very well, Ash. Thanks very much for asking me on. I'm looking forward to this. So be good, mate. Great stuff, mate. Hi, Great Bob. stuff. Can't... By the way, guys, this, this show has been kindly sponsored by Carl Cleghorn of Musselboro Athletic. Um, he's the chairman down there. He's been very kind enough to to uh, sponsor the show for us tonight. Johnny, let's, let's get right into the show, mate. Um, go right back to the start, as I, as I like to give all of our listeners a bit of background about, about our guests. Johnny, where did you grow up and what were your first football memories? Okay, I grew up in uh, Carnoustie, actually. I was born in Ar- uh, Arbroath, 1972, and grew up in the, the, the golfing town of Carnoustie, up in Angus. Um, my first memories were uh, actually going to watch Dundee United. I was a big fan back in the day, back in the 80s, when they were when they were decent. Um, saw a lot of good games with them. My very first game <clears throat> I actually saw was... Dundee United against Tottenham, and Tottenham's my my English team, so that was that was really good. That was a long, long time ago, though, boys, a long time ago, but it was great. I enjoyed it. And I, and good growing up in Carnoustie, and then we moved through to Musselburgh in 1983 when my dad got a new job. So, and I've lived here ever since. So I've been here for now. Well, what's that? 37 years. Still not been accepted as a proper Musselburgh boy yet because I wasn't born and bred here. But I try my best, you know. So. <laughs> Johnny, I'm sure you are, mate. I'm sure you are, mate. <laughs> oh, no, honestly, some folk don't like for me to get it. I'm telling you. Eh? <laughs> He's from Dundee. I'm not really. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if I can ask then, Johnny, you, you said that you were, you grew up as a Dundee United fan. Um, obviously, that team in the early 80s was, was a pretty good team. But brilliant. Was there yeah. that, that, was players that you enjoyed watching? Was there something about Tannadice you enjoyed doing? What what was that about Dundee United that you kind of enjoyed at the time? Well, what actually happened was when I lived in Canoosie, um the Spurs came up to stay at a hotel just down the road from me, and I didn't actually know who Spurs were. The big bus was there with Tottenham Hotspur on the on the front. I remember going home with my dad and saying, "Who are they?" And he was telling me about them. And it turns out they were they were in Canoosie because they were playing Dundee United. So he took me up to that game, and um, it was great. Um, Spurs actually won three two that night. I seem to remember, which was even better. Because at that time, before I started supporting United, I kind of really soft sport for Spurs because that was like the first team that I'd kind of like big team that I'd kind of seen. Um, and then it went on for like just supporting Dundee United right through the eighties, eighty three. I was at uh, Dens Park when they won the league with my granddad. Um, we had that also that great run and all the European stuff we used to do. Um, the great UEFA Cup run nineteen eighty seven. Um, by that time, obviously, I was living through Musselburgh, but I used to travel back up on the. The Edinburgh, the Edinburgh Dundee United Sporters bus back up most weeks up to either Tannadice or, or away wherever they were playing. It got to probably about the nineties, I would think, and then I kind of I didn't follow all of them, but you know you get to that sort of age, like nineteen, twenty year olds, and you just don't go as much. Well, not not traveling the way I was traveling anyway. So that's when I kind of started doing other stuff, other football related things. Yeah, but, so. 
Go on, Johnny. So, yeah, finish, mate. No, I was just saying, like, um, Bob, you were asking about my, like, my, the, the players I used to enjoy watching. Obviously, yeah. they had a great team down United then. Like, so it was like Paul Sturrock, um, Davey Neri, David, uh, Paul Hegarty, Eamon Bannon, Ralph Milne. You know, it was superb, that sort of era. And then latterly, in the, the late 80s, uh, my my favourite player was uh, Big John Clark, just because he was a, a muscle lad as well, a fisher old boy like myself. So, yeah. Um, and for Tottenham, it was probably the, the two Argentinians, Ozzy Ardilas and Ricky Vila, two absolute brilliant players. I can remember them as a kid. And a rec player that would be uh, Diego Maradona, who was my, was my, probably my all-time favourite player, just because he was so good and he had a little bit of oomph about him. No, he was a bit naughty. He was a bit, a bit crazy, but I like that. I think that's great in a player. So that's that's kind of like... Oh, definitely, mate. Definitely. Um you should have seen what he got up to at Napoli as well. I watched that um, that Maradona movie about him. I was like, oh. Christ, how does that guy still play football without his heart exploding like halfway for a game? <laughs> I know. It was, it was such a good programme. I actually seen that as well. It was fantastic. So, uh, it was really good. <laughs> I loved really it. Good. I loved it. Um, look, so, Dundee United fan all your life. Um, obviously, you moved to Musselboro, as, you, as you've just told us and you told our listeners. When did you discover Muscle Brow Athletic and you know, what, what made you want to make that change and that transition from, and, and we, we get this story a lot on this show, by the way, uh-huh. um, about why people, have you got a similar story to other people about why you changed from sort of like a high level, like sort of big league, I'd say, which, uh, you know, Dundee United were at the time, back in the big league now, mm-hmm. um, and wanted to start going watching non-league football. What actually drew you to that was it something just you wanted something local and and you know cost effective and and, and stuff like that so you didn't have to travel like 40 50 mile up the road to to dundee every other week to tanner dice yep yeah pretty much ash yeah so as i say it got to probably about the the 90s early 90s and i said stop going up to tanner dice so what what, what what we used to do me and my friends me and like said Jim Dixon and Cindy and other guys you all know as well kev each other and we used to go up to like just watch like Friends that were playing for different teams like Musselboro Windsor, um, Lothian Rose, amateur stuff. And we used to like every Saturday we'd go away and do something like that instead. Then, like mid 90s, we started our own um, Sunday amateur team. Um, Fisher United played in the Edinburgh Pub Leagues. Um, we weren't very good, but it was all guys that played together, all mates we'd been at school with and stuff like that. And what a laugh. It was three years that we had that team. I didn't play, I was the, believe it or not, I was the manager. And we said he was my assistant manager. And <laughs> you'd get to like one o'clock in the afternoon and you'd realise you'd got about five players that were still missing because they'd still they hadn't got until about maybe six, seven o'clock in the morning and stuff like that. So it was fun. It was interesting. Uh, we played some right some right good games. I think the, the best we got was like a semi-final or something like that. But most week, most most seasons, sorry, we were sort of like bottom table. But I wouldn't change these days for the world. And like even now, we speak to a load of guys that I still see them, but not as maybe as much. And it's a thing that we we all chat about as our like our, our Sunday amateur Sunday Sunday amateur uh, days. Great, great laugh, great stuff. And then so we did did that for a few years and sort of just watched a few other different games. And it wasn't until probably about 2000, 2001 that I started going to watch Musselboro. Not even that regular at first, just like maybe a few once a month, something like that would go along. And it was probably about late late two thousands that we started getting like right into it, and ever since then, so it's that last ten twelve years, 
I've been to loads in the last 10 years especially. I don't think I've hardly missed a game. So, But yeah, you're saying about the cost and stuff like that. It's just because it was so local. I mean, where I stay, it's like a five-minute walk. Well, at the time, it was the sh- you'd walk down the ship in and then you'd walk along Olive Bank. Then you'd go back to the ship in and then you'd go back home. And that was it. That was it. So you weren't even like, there was no travelling at all, really. <laughs> it, was, it was great. So obviously, your story is somewhat similar to mine. And I, obviously, I grew up as a Hearts fan, then became an Ember City fan, mm-hmm. and stopped kind of going. And obviously, Meadowbank was quite local. Your sign it's quite local. Yeah. Was it just the kind of locality that attracted you to the games to keep going? Was there something else that kept you going? What was it that kind of really got you hooked into Muscle Athletic? Just think it. It probably was the locality, actually, Bob. But. I mean, once once I'd been along a few times, I just thought it was great. You know, I just, just thoroughly enjoyed it. The standard of football was good. I mean, it's, it's, it's improved. It's improved down at Musselburgh over the last like ten years. But um, yeah, it was just it was just good. And just the fact that you were going along and it was guys that you knew, whether it was like own friends or like older guys that you knew from around the town or whatever. And it was just 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 good fun. You know, and you got a bit of crack and. You knew the players, so you were like having a wee blether with them and stuff like that. It wasn't like professional football. I mean, I'm not saying the players are aloof, but you know what I mean. They're you don't know them. Whereas when you go along all the bank, you, you like you know them all. So that that, that was one side that I really yeah. enjoyed as well. That's a side of uh, football, non-league football that a lot of fans enjoy, and a lot of people don't realise that you can have that at that sort of level. There's a lot of snobbery towards um, non-league football mm-hmm. then. Some people have actually, you know, taken taken a step and and gone there, and they've never gone back. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, Tuton and Mitchum fans on last week, and guy was, you know, Steve. He, he went to Arsenal for the seventies and eighties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't go. He doesn't go back anymore. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, because of, because of all this the stuff that you just explained. So, look, since you've been a fan, how much have you seen the club develop? We spoke to the uh, chairman, Carl Cleghorn, yeah. who who's also a fan. Mm-hmm. He's a fan himself. Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, um, but I want to hear another supporter's perspective. How how far do you think Musselburgh Athletic can can grow? Uh, I don't see why they can't get SPL. You know, I mean, it's obviously going to take time. Uh, it's going to take. Is there a lot of good clubs in the the East of Scotland League at the moment? And it is going to take a bit of time once it all kind of like sorts itself out. But um, I don't see why. Not certainly Lowland. We certainly we certainly got Lowland League. I know it's going to be very hard to get where we're. Where the chairman like wants us to be, where the rest of the committee wants us to be, but it's certainly doable. It's not going to happen overnight, but five, ten years time, why not? Who knows? The ground, as Carl explained a couple of weeks ago, the ground is improving all the time with like the floodlights and all that. And so it's going great. I mean, when I first started there, it was great when I first went when Charlie May were in charge. It was really, really good. So I had a, I had a great time with them as well. And then obviously um, things changed at the club, and Carl then took over. And just within the last two years, it's just seemed to go bigger and bigger. Yeah, it's, you know, it's great. It's a great thing to see. And obviously, we had Carl on before, explained a lot. But we want to um, talk more about the about the supporters club and uh, the actual the actual supporters in in this mm-hmm. show. So, if you could tell our listeners just quickly about the 1934 club, the history of it, how much it is to join, if if anyone is. Uh, wanting to come down to, to watch Musselburgh Athletic Games in the future, make some new friends, et cetera, et cetera, yep. and the direction the supporters club ahead. Okay, great. So what happened, it was when we'd been going to games quite regularly, and you know, like we'd go through in cars or whatever, like very, very occasionally we'd get a bus. Or, and then it was about, I'm trying to think, it was probably four years, 2016, round about then. 
we just decided that we should maybe like start taking this a bit more seriously. The supporters club and actually got a regular, regular thing in because I mean there was about ten cars going through with like four folk, and we're thinking about well, four folk in each. Sorry, so we're thinking, what's the point of all these cars going through? So got together, just had a wee chat with a few of the guys, a few like-minded people, and decided we would just start the the nineteen thirty-four club as we call it, obviously, and it's uh, named after the year that Westmore Athletic were were formed, nineteen thirty-four. So. I just got a bus together. I can't actually remember where our first trip was. I think it was somewhere up in, in Fife. And it was great. Everything went well. Went up a wee bit early, went to a pub, had a couple of pints, went to the game, came back and just thought after that, this is great, let's just do it. So we put a wee like, membership thing together. It was like £10. It's still £10 actually to join, just so we've got a little bit of funds behind us each year. And yeah, every, well, most away games, we do take a bus to. It's normally a 29-seater we take. Uh, for Charlie Irons and um, just leave from the hole in the wall and just go here, there, wherever we are. I mean, obviously, for bigger games, we get a bigger bus, like the cup finals we've been involved in. We've had the, the, the 49 seater, in fact, two 49 seaters at some times. And yeah, just, just just a way of keeping all the guys together. I mean, there's kids going on the bus, there's guys my age, guys in their, their 20s, a few older boys as well. So it's just it's a right good, right good mixture. We all got them great, so there's never any, never any hassle. Good laugh. We always have a wee sweep on the bus on the way through, like obviously all the players in it. We'll be chucking names like Desperate Dan, Rurabilly, Donald Trump, and all that. So you get a wee bit of giggle when somebody pulls out Donald Trump or whatever. So he's never won, right enough. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, it's good fun. Good fun. Thoroughly enjoy it. Look forward to it. You're working all week, Casey. You want something to do on a Saturday, and that's what I like doing, and all the rest of the guys that go. So. In, well, can I, can I ask then? Because I'm involved with the City Supporters Club. How, how do you find it's running the Supporters Club? You know, all the pitfalls and all the good things as well, mm-hmm. and all the pitfalls that come with that. Yeah. And you know, you said you're on the committee of the club as well. How, how do you manage that as well? My main, the main thing I don't like about the running the bus is when you get a call at like ten o'clock on a Saturday morning saying your game's off, which can happen quite a lot in the like in our, our sort of league. So. Then it's a phone call to uh, Charlie Ernst. He's always great, by the way. He never bothers, never complains, but then it's a case of getting in touch with all the guys and obviously we're all all disappointed and whatever. But that's my main thing, is the is the late the late cancellations. Because you know yourself, guys. I mean, a Saturday morning in December, this January, it can be freezing. <laughs> you know, it could be okay on yep. Friday night and the night that changes overnight. So but um do you know what the, the, the boys are all great, they go on it. And girls, sorry, guys and girls. Um, there's never any, there's never any problems, never any moans. They they know the score, and um, we've obviously got a wee Facebook page, um, our group chat, so it's, it's it's fine for getting in touch with them all like, to explain the situation. So, and to be fair, it's pretty much the same people that go week in week out. You get a few different folk coming along, but we've got like some Martin, Matty, Alec, and all the like all all the usual faces basically that, that, that turn up week in week out. <clears throat> Johnny. Um... You talk about um, the same faces week in, week out. Yeah. However, I, I I came down to Musselburgh um, to try... Well, I tried non-league with Edinburgh City before when they were in a lone league, but um, when Musselburgh Athletic were in the, in the juniors, and I, you know, I, I came down with, with my friends, and uh, the social aspect of following Musselburgh really is phenomenal. Um, it's a great laugh. You made my, me and my friend really, really welcome. Uh, what else would you add to that as well, Johnny? If there's anyone thinking and listening to this, that's... You know, had enough of being ripped mm-hmm. off, supporting a so-called big club, and wanting to follow Musselburgh Athletic because you're not. It's not just 
as you said, same face every week. But it, you know, people might think, oh, it's it's you know clicking up, but it's it's completely not, guys. So my listeners that are listening to this, please don't think it is. I've experienced it myself. Um, guys like Johnny and Kev and Jim and people like Andrew all great guys and they're, they're really really welcoming and they love to see new faces yeah so I should that I made that sound like it wasn't even at Cleaky Ash which is as you say it's clearly not I mean anyone that comes along is is more than welcome more than welcome in fact seeing new faces is, is probably the best bit about the supporters club and like when you said when you and you and James came down at first and got involved I said it was it was good it was it was really good especially the fact that you'd come from at the time as well a so-called bigger club to come down and start supporting muscle but it was it was it was really welcoming so so uh, yeah, any of the listeners that are, are listening to this, um, come down when we eventually get restarted again, and whether it's down at Olive Bank to come down to Bruins Bar, uh, or if it's to come on the bus to come to the away game with us, then yeah, feel free, just get in touch. We're more than welcome. Um, what I'm hearing so far from what you're saying is it sounds like a right good community of people around the club and it's not just like this is the board and this is the supporters club and these are the supporters and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. What What is it that kind of makes that community so kind of together and make, makes Muscle Brother Athletic the kind of club that they yeah. are? Do you know what, that's, that's a great question because it's true. I mean, it's not, there's, I mean, the committee, the players, the supporters, we're all just like one big, I know it sounds a bit of a cliche, but we're all actually our big, one big happy family. Everybody gets on great. There's uh, the players pitch up for our, our social events and um, say they, they chat away at us like no bother. The committee and the fans engage really well. We have like fans forums twice a year um, and everyone's invited along to that. So anyone can come along. Sit and you'll hear like we've had guest speakers down. Billy Brown was down once. Um, the guy from the, from the league, this league secretary came down one night and it's just a big like Q and A thing as well. So there's no there's no secrets, you know. I mean, if you, anyone needs to know anything what's going on down Musselburgh Athletic, they just need to ask, and they'll be told basically. So it's see that's that's what I love about non-league. Yeah. Right, some quick fire questions for you now, okay. Johnny. All right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> on the spot, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we got all the we got all the niceties. Oh. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, right, first I'll, I'll give you. A, Best player, I think I'm, I think I know, I know who you're going to say, mm-hmm. but you might you might surprise mm-hmm. me. You might surprise mm-hmm. me. Best player you've ever seen in a Musselboro Athletic shirt down the years. Seen a few from past to to current. Yeah, I've seen obviously seen a few, but I think, I mean, there's obviously guys like Jackie Miles, Jordan Sheen, all these guys. But I think the the favourite one, well, certainly a guy I think's done the most for the club over the last ten years it has to be Matthew King. Uh, his goal scoring has been phenomenal. He never lets you down. And he's getting on a wee bit. He's not old at all, but he's getting on. And he's still scoring goals for fun. It's it's frightening. And he's been so loyal to us as well. So, he, yeah, he's my... I would say he's my favourite player. Sorry, lads, if anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I, thought, I, thought, I thought his, his name was going to get pulled out. Yeah. But there's loads... <laughs> listen, guys, there's, there's loads of others. I mean, I've got... John O. McManus has been there for about five, six years now. Great player, great lad. There's, say, Jackie. There's, there's, there's loads of them. There's not a bad lad at that club. There's not a bad boy at all. And there's not been for, for many, many years. So, I mean, Matty's the, the fans' favourite, as we all kind of know. But everyone else is top-notch as well. Uh, your turn, Bob. Quick-fire question for Johnny. Off the cuff. Uh, favourite away day. Favourite away day. 
Uh, for the, again, there's been a few, but I think definitely the one that's we've had the cup for the two cup finals, 2011 and 2015, which were fantastic. But for this actual atmosphere, and the, I'll give you a bit of background, boys. We've had a friend, uh, Ian Elgin, Dennis, he got called, he pa- unfortunately passed away in 2016. So we always have like a wee sort of like Memorial Day for him once a year, and we're always taking a game. So it's not always just most of the fans that come, it's a lot of like myself and Dennis and like all the rest of the guys' friends. So they come along for the day. And we went to Hill of Beath in 2018, I think it was. What a day. Honestly, it's so good. We went down to... He's got a memorial bench in Musselburgh, so we went down there first, had a wee drink, and then they got the bus through. And this game was a different class, where it was about 45 of us shouting. I mean, Musselburgh fans don't sing and shout. Or we shout, but we don't all sing and chant and whatever. But this day we were from like start to finish. Musselburgh put on the performance of, of the season. It was brilliant. We beat Hillebeath 2 nothing. The best bit about it was it was going back to Matthew again, Matthew King. He scored the like the winning goal like right in front of us, came across, slid on his knees. We're all just about jump on the pitch. We're acting like children. It was just great. The whole thing. Even even speaking about it now is actually giving me a bit of goosebumps. Just because it meant so much to the guys that were there, like like in memory of our friend. Uh, and just for just that day. It was great. So good. So yeah, good. Them fi- that things with they, those sort of days will you know stick in your mind and everything. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, all for, all for your friend as exactly. well. It just makes it so much better, mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can totally see yeah, that. Yeah. Um, favorite away day pub, Johnny. Favorite away day pub. Best best pub you've been in. Best pub you've been in on away day. Okay, the favorite away day. I don't know about pub, but certainly fa- favorite away day town. It's probably Lothgo because there's so many pubs here. <laughs> and what we do is, yeah. what we do is, we just get the bus to basically drop us off at the one end of the high street, and we just do a wee, like a wee mini pub crawl along. So, um, yeah, I would probably say my favourite away days probably is Lynlithgow. Yeah, and then they've also got that social club right outside the ground as well. There's there's plenty going on there. I mean, not my favourite town. What? Not my favourite town. I was certainly not my favourite club, but my favourite away day oh. is probably Lynlithgow. Yeah. Uh, I've never been there actually. It's good. Um, it's good. Bob, your turn, mate. Your turn, Bob. Uh, most embarrassing moment as a Musselburgh Athletic fan. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, right. Well, I used to occasionally when we were in the the old like the old league, the the juniors, not not the Premier League, one below it, whatever it's called, I can't remember now. We didn't uh, get linesmen very often, so I got roped in to be linesman quite often. And got the nickname the Wino Lino. I have no idea why, right? <laughs> but um, there was one game, and we were winning. It was about two one. Can't remember who we were playing, and I, the, the linesman got injured for this one. I had to come running on. Right? Everyone's all shouting and giving me stick and everything. And I started flagging for offside, which as a linesman you're not supposed to do at all. So I had the goalie at the time, Ali Adams, screaming at me to keep putting the flag up. I had John McManus, who you would not mess with, Jono shouting to get the flag down. So I was like, what do I do? Ali's a big hard man. Jonah's a hard man. Do I put the flag up or do I put it down? <laughs> I was getting stick like you would not believe. But uh, yeah, that was that was a, quite embarrassing. Funny though, funny, but quite embarrassing. <laughs> um, I remember I remember a game at Trinent I went to with you guys uh, a couple of years ago. And you were running you were running the line there. I yeah. remember, yeah, doing the line. Yeah, yeah. just stood there with a flag for nine minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can I can do it after a few fights. Oh, no way. Oh god, it's murder. <laughs> but you're basically just flagging if the ball goes out, so it's not too bad. But that day I got a wee bit carried away and was like flagging for like, offsides and shouting for fouls and all sorts of things. So I actually got a, <laughs> uh, 
I actually got a trophy at the end of the season from um, Amy. Amy Scott gave me a wee trophy at the player of the year thing with the the linesman of the year. I think Wino Lino was actually engraved in it as well. So still got that. Still got that wee trophy. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh who's uh if you I'll two quick ones here. Yeah. Any pre have you got any pre match superstitions or rituals like some football fans have? And also who's the craziest fans you've come across and why? Yeah. Rituals, not really. I'll always go for a pint, which used to be the ship in. It's now the, the hole in the wall. Um, we will be leaving from the hole in the wall from our away, strip, uh, our away trips from now on as well, because they've, they've been really good to us down there. Really nice folk, really nice staff. Lindsay and the girls that work down there. Um, so that's probably my ritual, pre-match pint. I don't have any superstitions like lucky scarves or socks or anything. In fact, no, that's not true. I actually do have a pair of socks that I wear. I've got a pair of blue and white stripy socks that I do wear every Saturday. Not for superstition, just because they're muscle bit colours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we used to wear stripy socks about three or four seasons ago and I bought them. They're getting a bit holy now, to be fair. So I maybe need to invest in a new pair. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, not uh, not really any superstitions. Actually, what was the other what was the other part of the question? Sorry, Cra- craziest fans you've come across craziest and why? And I, I think I I think I'm gonna I know who your answer is going to be because. If, if for our for our listeners that uh, that know Scottish non-league football quite uh-huh. well, uh-huh. one 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 uh, team's name crops up quite regularly when it comes to uh, being absolute. What what people here would call bam pots yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're, I think I think you're gonna agree with me, aren't you, mate? I'm, I'm, so. I'm waiting for it. I hope so. <laughs> there's, a few, there's a few. I would probably say Fault House. Oh no! Oh, I no. thought I thought you were gonna say someone else. Oh, who are you gonna say? <laughs> Orkin Lech Talbot. Ah, them, well, they're just bad. <laughs> they're not mad. <laughs> no, you're right, Ash. We've had them, um, obviously had two cup finals against them, 2011, 2015, but they did come at Olive Bank one day and they were a bit, yeah, they were they were pretty feisty. I was thinking more of teams from um, from our league and I was saying, now these, this fault house, they're not, they're not bad, they're not bad. They're just crazy. They call themselves the, Buc- the Bucky Boys and they've got their wee cow shed thing across from us and they just, sing away and have a drink, just have a laugh, you know, but there's funny, his guy standing outside the ground one day with a big, uh, a big, like, husky dog, and we're all walking back to the bus, and he's standing there shouting abuse, and what's this guy shouting for? He's going off his bloody head, right? And then we turn around and look, and he's, he's wet himself, right? I'm not joking. So he's, sta- <laughs> yeah. so he's standing there, this dog, trying to, like, be the, like, the big hard man, and his jeans are drenched. They're like, oh, mate, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not they're not bad they're not bad folks they're just a bit a bit crazy but yeah I, I know what you mean about Auckland Lake that's because there's so many of them there's thousands of them come through yeah oh I know mate I know I know I've, I've heard some stories about uh, <laughs> about them walking into the ship in first thing in the morning one of them headbutting the fruit machine I don't oh. know anyway Bob, mm. Bob have you got another quick fire <laughs> question for, for Johnny here uh, one more pr- one more quick fire from me yeah if there was another player if there was a player in the league you could sign, who would it be? Hmm. That's a good one, Bob. That is a good one. I don't know, actually. I'm quite happy with the squad we've got. would be the, like the sensible answer, but let me think. Do you know what? There's a lot. There's an awful lot of good players at our, at our level. A lot of guys that are um, probably should be playing at a higher level than they actually are. Um, if I could roll the clock back and he was back to being... Like back to the age he was, I would say Jordan Sheeran, who's I think is currently the manager at Craig Royson. I don't know if he's actually maybe still there. Um, current player, uh, you kind of got me stumped a wee bit there, mate. 
a bit stumped. I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot of good players, but I wouldn't want to see anybody replace any of the guys that we've got because I seriously think that this squad on paper I've only seen them in friendlies, but they have been good, really good so far, and it's a lot a lot of experienced players, a lot of guys that have played senior before, like good pedigree. So, no, I'm going to say I like to stick with the team that we've got. Yeah, definitely. Um... I have seen players like Declan O'Kane have, have come back because um, he mm-hmm. went off to Berwick Rangers right. and uh, I'm glad to see him back because I really did rate him yeah. um, when, I, when I first saw him play for Musselburgh mm-hmm. and it's good It's good he got his chance uh, in the SPFL as well. Johnny, earlier we spoke about um, about the club going forward and and, uh, and the growth of the club and we spoke about the new ground improvements with Carl Cleghorn a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Just, to let our listen, just to let our listeners know a bit more that the 1934 club really did muck in with all the work doing that, didn't they, mate? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we were there from, God, well, right from the beginning, basically. It was right at the start of lockdown. So a lot of us weren't working with furloughed or working from home or whatever. So that kind of filled our first few months of furlough was going down there pretty much every day, even if maybe just for like a couple hours or something like that. I mean, I better watch what I'm saying because I wasn't furloughed, just in case my boss is listening. Uh, but, but yeah, we were down there a lot. And then on a, a Saturday when the guys who couldn't make it during the week, um, we had um, Jim Dixon's Chain Gang, as it was called, and or Carol called us the Motley Crew. But we all went down and we were all just doing anything from just like digging holes to just basic basic crap, you know, raking, sweeping, just getting the place looking good because, I mean, the floodlights make a mess of your ground because of the, these holes, there's eight holes get dug and Olive Bank, I believe, used to be built, built on a, like an old, not coal mine, but a colliery. So the stuff that came out of that ground was like old bits of like lava rock and everything and it, it just made a right, a right mess of the place. So that's um, obviously been over the last, when did the floodlights go in? God, I can't remember now, June. So the last five months, we've just been down there, just trying to do a wee bit, whether it's been a bit of strimming the grass, say sweeping up, just anything really. But no, we all, we all mucked in. And do you know what? It was a good group of guys. Again, it was like younger folk and older folk, and we just all got, just got down to it. So, yeah, it's good. A lot of folk um, as well, for example, like we didn't, you don't really see on like a... I mean, there was obviously guys involved in the club, but not folk that I really know through the club. But I recognised faces, and they were coming along. I thought, oh, there's that guy that stands on the opposite side from us, or whatever. So, yeah, it was great, really good. Um, as you mentioned, the floodlights there. Obviously, that was part of getting the SFA license and whatnot. Mm-hmm. As your opinion as a fan, how has the transition been from kind of juniors to east of Scotland and moving into the pyramid? Mm-hmm. Has it been beneficial? Is it good? What has been not so good? It's been great, really good. I'm so glad that we we made the step up because, I mean, it's just I don't know. It's just you can, I mean, the juniors was great. It was. Don't get me wrong, but I think it was time for for a move, and especially getting this pyramid is going to make a a big big difference. It feels like you're actually got something to really aim for now. You know, I mean, as I said earlier on, I can see us in the lower league. Hopefully, SPL. And it is going to take years, but at least you know you've now got that. We've now got that opportunity. You know, it's, it's it's there for us to take. So yeah, I'm 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 so glad we did make the move, and it was it was so weird because you'll remember at the time I think it was it was, was Dal Keith maybe they went for it, and then all of a sudden within about a month everybody was going for it. Well, most most of it, there was about thirty odd thirty eight clubs or something left of juniors I think to go to go up to the the east of Scotland. So it was a massive transformation, 
And then like the, the first season when you were all in your conferences and you're all trying to get into this this Premier League, it was just good. It was just more exciting, I thought. Yeah, um definitely the 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 change has worked. Now I, I as again I, I said to Carl in the in the interview with him that I was probably the only one of the only skeptics out there uh-huh. about the, about the transition because I, I thought that I just didn't want every club joining a rat race and potentially financially um, breaking the bank, so to speak, just to, of this dream of getting getting up to the SPFL. But again, I will admit that I was proved wrong big time, and glad and glad I was as well. So, Johnny, you're also involved in. In youth football, mate, it, it, it'd be great if you could let our listeners know what your role is within the community. And am I, am I right in saying you're one one of the coaches of the youth sides at Musselburgh Windsor? That's right, yeah. yeah. I've been at Windsor now for 13 years. Um, it was my, my oldest son, Michael, when he got involved when he was like six. Um, the guy that stays opposite me, I've been, been across the guys, so he was involved. I said, Michael's what to join, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then he came across one day and he had like a wee coaching manual and like a wee bag of cones and everything. And it was like a massive hint to say, well, if you want Michael to play for Muscle of Windsor, then you need to go and coach his team. So so I did. So me and another guy got the team started up, um, did that for I think five years. But during that time, my, my younger boy, Daniel, who's now 15, he started as well. So at one point I was doing doing both teams which was getting a wee bit, a wee bit crazy. So what I said to Michael, I've done your your team for five years now. I'm going to do Daniel's team for five years, um, but I'm still there, and we're now doing. We're now under well the Windsor team that I now take. Although to be fair, I don't really do a heck of a lot of coaching now. It's more I'm just there to help the new head coach you've got. Just glorified a glorified ball boy sometimes, water carrier and all that sort of stuff. But stuff that needs to be done. But I've kind of taken a wee back step for the coaching. But yeah, th- 13 years I've been I've been involved with the club down there now. So I thoroughly enjoy it. I really do. And the kids are, yeah, the kids are now, so they're, they're like fourth year at school, the team that we take. So you can imagine there's a wee bit of wee bit banter flying about as well. So good, all good stuff, though. It's all good stuff. Excellent stuff. They've, they've, all got, Excellent. they've all got opinions now, let's put it that way, the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how, how, how did you find that coaching... Coaching your boys, because I know sometimes you get father and sons coaching, and it's either it works brilliantly or it's a total disaster. Uh-huh. It was fine. So how did yeah. you coach them? It was fine. The only one thing was, I've always found it easier to sub one children, <laughs> 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 or give them give them if something went wrong, give them a wee ticking off, you know. And it's it's not right. It's it's cruel, but it's just it's easier to give your own son a telling off than give. Some big six foot five mad dad son a ticking off, you know. So, <laughs> but no, it was fine. we never, we never. I was going to say we never fell out. We had some wee chats coming back in the car after games and stuff like that. But no, it, it was okay. It was okay, and they're both still playing, so that's good. My oldest boys at St Bernard's nineteens, and say Dan's at um, still the Windsor. So they've, they've both been playing it for years now. So that that's good. Some kids might get fed up with their dad being there. Maybe get a bit embarrassed with some some of the things that comes out their mouths and stuff like that, but no, they seem to be okay with it. So that's fine with me. If it's fine with them. It's fine with me. <laughs> Bob, is there anything else you want to ask Johnny tonight? Um, I'm trying to think. I suppose as <laughs> I suppose because we, we, Carl had mentioned that there's a link between Windsor and Musselburgh Athletic. Mm-hmm. Is that 
are you part of that link? How do, how does that work for you? Yeah, I'm I'm not really part of that link, Bob. That's uh, that's the old that's the the nineteens. I mean, but if I if I still at Windsor when my, my team are under nineteens, then I will be part of it because it's always just like that that current nineteens team becomes the becomes the twenties team. But it's it's great. The transition is good. It's it's working very well. Mm. Loads of kids have made the step from Windsor to Muscle Athletic, so it's it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. And it gives the kids that Windsor something to actually aim for as well. And even now in the, the current Muscle Athletic team, there's 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 a few of them in it in the first team. And obviously the like the, the last year's Windsor team is now the current twenties team. So it's a great thing. Great thing for the town, great thing for the for the boys. It just gives them uh like a, a next step up, like up to the next level of football. So it can only be a good thing that Sex. Go on, Johnny. No, sorry, I was finished. I just think it's, I think I think it's a great thing. I think that it gives the kids something to, to certainly to strive to. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's just that natural progression, isn't yeah. it? Um, and it, it's all it all keeps it in the locality as well, exactly. which is a great thing. Jo- Johnny, um, you've now got the chance to promote Muscle Athletic to our football clubs, to Muscle Athletic Football Club to our listeners. Sorry. What would you say to anyone that's listening and thinking, do you know what? I'm going to rip up my Hibs or Heart season ticket. I'm sick of paying 450, £500 a season. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of paying four quid for a pie. I, I, I can't afford it anymore. I've got a family or, or, or whatever. What, you know, this is your, I'll give you a couple of minutes or so just to promote Muscle Braff Lake and, and why someone should, someone should just come down and, and, and give it a try and what, and, also, a bit about Bruins Bar as well, because uh, <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't really we haven't really touched on that in the no. show. <laughs> no, listen, I would say I would say do it. You absolutely hundred percent won't regret it. I mean, it's obviously the financial thing comes at a lot a lot of things these days, but to me, the standard is is brilliant. Ash, you know, you've been down, Bob. I'm hoping you'll be coming down as well. We, we can all get back to normal, and it is you'll you'll thoroughly enjoy it. It's just just the the buzz about the place on match day is is good. It's a good community feeling, obviously. Well, not just community, just for like if anyone that comes down would, would thoroughly enjoy it. The standard is different class. The ground is now looking really good. Um, it's, I mean, the heck, the price has gone up to eight pound to get in, but still eight pound and four pound is for what you're going to see is nothing really. It's it's it's, it's peanuts. And as you say, Ash, you can come into Bruins Bar. It's kind of um, that name kind of got thrust upon us. I think somebody made it as a joke one day, and it's kind of stuck. But if you come in there, you'll get a kind of lager. You'll get a. We've just recently put a dartboard up in there as well, which nineteen thirty four club paid for. Got the tellies up there with the showing the BT. Um, it's just good. It's just really good. Everyone, everyone that comes down, they don't leave disappointed. Put it that way. I certainly don't anyway. And I know that all the, the guys that I go with, guys and girls that I go with don't don't leave disappointed. And it's just something to look forward to, especially just especially now. I just can't wait for it to, to be back, you know? Desperate for it to be back. Yeah. Yeah, same same as us, mate. Yeah. Um I'm 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 sick of like watching stuff on the telly. Yeah. I don't really care about I don't really care about the English Premier League yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um and, and stuff like that. I, I just want to be in a football ground with like minded people watching Local lads kick a ball about. To be fair, win, lose, or draw, mm. I'm not fussed. I just want to be in the grounds having having a good crack with everyone. Yeah. Johnny, um, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank you so much for coming no on problem. and 
given us a fan's perspective of Muscle Life. We've had the we've had the chairman's perspective, and now we've had a fan's perspective, and we're going to get a player's perspective very soon, which is very yeah. good. So it's all good for Muscle Breath Lake. It's all good for promotion of the club and the town and the community as well. So. Honestly, Johnny, thank you so much for coming on tonight. My pleasure, Ash and Bob. Thank you very much for having me on. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Cheers, guys. Bob, thank you very much for tonight, mate. Um, helping me out again, buddy. Absolutely no problem at all. Enjoyed that. Thanks very much for coming on, Johnny. Good to get a fan's perspective again. I really enjoy these these interviews. It's just something a bit different, eh? Yeah, def- definitely. Guys, we're on all the platforms. We're on Spotify, Google, Anchor and Apple Podcasts. We are on Twitter at Cathedral underscore sport. We are on Facebook as well, Cathedral of Sport. So give us a follow, give us a like on there and give us a listen on one of the platforms. That's the most important thing. Uh, tune into our podcast. There's plenty to catch up on, um, including, well, that should be published in the next couple of weeks. We, we interviewed Aaron Good earlier on in the, in the day today. That's been sent off to the publisher um, to be edited. That was sponsored by Carl Cleghorn as well, as was this show. So thank you again, Carl. You've been absolutely amazing, mate. Thank you so much. Uh, next week, we've got Matty King coming on at Muscle Bra Athletic again, but a player this time. Muscle Bra legend, goal machine. I cannot wait to hear his story. He's Norcan and Bob, and he is a right character. After that, we've got Gary the Governor Furby coming on. Something a bit different for you guys. Bare Knuckle Boxer won the Roy Shaw title with UK Governor, which is like a massive thing in the, in the Bare Knuckle world. Really, really colourful life. Really, really um, colourful story to tell. Big Geordie. So I can't wait to have him on. He's, he's going to be in a, in a film as well about the Sayers. So he's going to star in that. And he's also got a book coming out called uh, The Lord of Windy Nook. So I can't wait to hear him promote his story. Also, there's a next season. There's a possibility of a new rugby show. We're going to see how that goes. We don't know yet. Um, but that's in the pipeline, maybe. Myself and David May are... We'll, we'll be hosting that if, if it comes to fruition. So just look out on all our social media platforms for that. Again, guys, thank you so much. Cheers.